Welcome guys to the Barcast, the first Barcast after the last one, season two of Barcast, Sammy. Right now we're not at the episode count, but what I can tell you is the first Barcast since all the Bar Tribe have decided no more alcohol, no more sweets. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> things, are getting sh- things are getting serious now guys. The bar's coming up November the 21st and 22nd. And guys, off the alcohol now, guys, everything focused on training. Right. We've got a pop-up workout coming up um, uh, tomorrow, and then we have the team workout coming up. By the time you all guys hear this, the first pop-up will be gone. Right. But the second one is coming up. I'm Salt. I'm George. And we've got David uh, from the Amaroni Trust on the inside with us. Another one of our big sponsors. He's contributing in a major way uh, this year to Bar. So, George, uh-huh. how has it been developing for you? Just about a month left before Bar. It's been going really well. I want to say that that whole alcohol and sweets thing does not apply to the race director. <laughs> so if anybody's got any beer left over in the fridge, give me a call. I'll come and take care of it for you. But yeah, um, you're referring to the, the last sim we had last evening. Yesterday, so yeah. for those who are listening for the first time, we, we do our training in four-week blocks. Um, for the first three weeks, we'll train, of course. And then on the fourth week, we give the athletes a chance to really go hard and kind of race it. So we had our last sim before the bar uh, last evening. And uh, I'd like to say congratulations to my man, Saul. It was his birthday. Yeah, so they let me win. And, <laughs> and, and he did win the sim as well. I don't, I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they let him win. I think he actually yeah. earned it. Good for you. Um, yeah, Thanks, it was very man. competitive. When we had 23 athletes turn up yeah. um, to the sim. And it was, the most, it was the toughest one we've had so far. So this was the closest thing we would get to the actual day two bar. It was around 9K worth of effort. Some, some major carries and some walls and everything in there. Um, yeah. And some incredible performances by all the athletes. So afterwards, we had some cake. So Did have some cake. Had yeah. a few beers and a, a little sing-song. And then all the athletes said, that's it. Between now and bar, there's no more cake. There's yeah. no more beer. So it's all for me. And not as much socialization either. The people who they are cool. I like y'all guys a lot, but it's time now for us to close our circles. Right. <laughs> yeah. And not for truth. But yeah, it was great yesterday with the um, bar sim. And those of you who listen in, we did what would normally be day two course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we did it individually. Had a long log carry. It was Thanks 500 meters. A 500 meter log carry. What? Yeah. Yeah. And not in the little logs. As, sing- as singles. Singles. As singles, singles yeah. yeah. And these were not light logs. These were basically the telephone wallaby posts that, um, you know, you cut down the utility poles afterwards when they start to decay or whatever. And we cut them into three foot lengths. And, um, yeah, they had to carry them all. And I guess because it was the last race sim um, before uh, the, pop, the workout, the actual bar in November, the guys really came out to see where they were at, where they need to be. So it was ultra competitive out there yesterday. So I really want to beg everybody, uh, guys and ladies who came out yesterday and participated in the race sim. And looking forward to seeing people at the pop-up workouts as we get closer and closer to bar. Correct. So yeah, the, the next pop-up, like you said, by the time this podcast comes out, we're probably going to be through that first pop-up, which yeah. is at Simpson Motors. That was a really good venue for us last year. So it we're really going was. back to Simpson Motors. Um, we're having a little different um, variation this year. We have a pop-up playground and a pop-up workout. And the playground is for those people who don't necessarily want to race and compete. They just want to get on the obstacles and feel them, see what they're like before November. And we're actually going to put some coaches on some of those obstacles as well for people to give them a little instruction to help them get through them so that they're a little bit more prepared come November. 
Uh, the next pop-up, we're only doing two pop-ups this year, obviously with sponsorship being a little bit tight. And the second one will be a team pop-up, and that's going to be on November 7th. So follow the page for the venue and the times for that one. And for you, you will have to, how to register. How many waves are you doing tomorrow? It's going to be the play, pop-up playground. And then two workout waves. So and the playground is at two, and then and the, the workouts are three and four. Yeah. Okay, I'm really asking that for myself. It's, 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 right. But just so that you listening can know exactly what the pop-up is all about as well. It is competitive as well. It is a good chance to gauge where you're at, but also to feel uh, the obstacles. You've been doing these workouts Mondays, Thursdays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays. Yeah. Almost every day, George, you've been I, doing I, something. Yeah, I'd like to get my life back eventually, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait till after bar. Actually, I mean, even you were talking about it, how it feels from a, from a competitive point of view, but even David was saying to me last year that, you know, as a spectator event, yeah. Even the pop-ups are incredible as a spectator event. It's worth, yeah, you know, it really and are. I've put two of the obstacles in there that are most spectator-friendly. We have our Rolling Thunder, which oh, is, <laughs> which is oh, a dear. terrible wall, and we have the Slick Wall as well. So oh, nice. we have those two obstacles because they're pretty much visually impactful. Yeah. Uh, from spectator point of view, it's always will he make it, won't he make it type thing. Yeah. Uh, and it also especially gives Rolling again, Thunder. Especially Rolling Thunder, for, correct. I have, I have terrible memories of Rolling Thunder, uh, David. <laughs> Yeah. Take those thoughts out of your head. Just go positive. I like design. I say like design. So people have started to register for the Barbados Adventurers already? Absolutely. Registration's been open for a few weeks now, and we've got team and individual entries. Uh, if and anybody's nice. wondering, you know, you go to BarbadosAdventureRace.com, register there, and that's actually where you can start to make your contribution towards a race for a cause, which is why David is with us today, yeah. um, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about that. He's here from the Amaroni Trust. Uh, the registration, guys, if you're registering, especially the team, guys, use the promo code SALT. I'm going to add, no, I'm not ashamed to plug here right now. <laughs> I need as many people to use my promo code. Let me keep this ambassadorship. <laughs> right, but David, so you are a big part of Bar this year. You have brought a charitable aspect to Bar because George, from the time he started the um, Barbados Adventure Race, wanted to give back to the community. He often mentions keeping the trails clean, et cetera. And to have you and the Amaruna Trust on board this year is really, really important uh, for us. So how can people get involved? Well, you know, we've been around for about five years, and we don't, um, here in Barbados, and we're, we're more of a, a patron trust. So we try, to, we try to help out where we can, and mainly focused on children in need, people in need, and athletes in need and we really have our focus is, is gone towards lifestyle and healthy living and education and the rest and I've always found that George's activities have always been you know goal congruent with with ours in the sense mm -hmm. of I did go in a bar race once. It, it, uh, it was my first and my last. Right. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I, I did enjoy it. Right. And, uh, and I, I enjoyed it because there was a lot of camaraderie mm -hmm. uh, back then, and there was, it was new. Right. If you were a really fast runner, which I'm not, <laughs> it, I, um, you weren't going to win it. Right. If you were a really strong muscular type which i'm not you weren't gonna win it but right. if you had a combination of being those things and being very fit as you know mm. then you have a chance to win it but whether you win it or not the participation 
I think is really key. So we got involved because it was a good year, a good year, good year to get involved because of the pandemic. Right. It's been very tough, I'm sure, for charities to raise money. Yes, it has uh, been. And awareness because there's a lot of noise out there about the pandemic and all the rest. So what what our purpose of this is, is to raise awareness for other charities that have lifestyle causes, I'll call it. And I thought this was a good venue to do it. So between George and um, others, Joycelyn. Joycelyn Aline, yep. Joycelyn Aline has been very um, involved in this. Um, we came up with a theme that we would get other charities to participate, mm-hmm. and we would raise awareness for them. Nice. And hopefully, uh, people would also contribute. Uh, others than than just Amaroni, but if 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 they can, and there's ways to contribute, you can either put in money, which is scarce, right. and you can put in time which is valuable. The most mm-hmm. valuable commodity there is is time. So if people have time to come out, as George, I'm sure, could use volunteers Absolutely. to race itself. But I'm also, you know, the the charities, which I can name, uh, which are the Heart and Stroke Foundation, which is a great, wonderful charity, has, has a great cause, the Diabetes Foundation, mm-hmm. another very good charity for and necessary in Barbados, uh, and the third one is uh, Verdon. Uh, what uh, heart? I'm sorry, it's uh, substance, substance abuse, yeah. yeah, which is Verdon House and, and Marina House. Marina. Marina House, yes. which also is a has done great work, and okay. and um, so if we can raise an awareness, which is why I'm speaking today for those charities, mm-hmm. that's our that's our primary goal. Okay. You just mentioned something that I think is very interesting, which you said that it's not, it's not the fastest person is going to win, not the strongest person is going to win. You need to have that balance. It kind of reminds me of um, in school, you find that the really bright students or the really dumb students who get the most of the attention. The ones in the middle don't right. really get as much. <laughs> but right now, you, when you're creating which the... Which one were you? I was in the middle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're creating on, uh, as a race director, for the bar race or the pop-ups and the actual race itself. You have to try to find a balance so no one person is too advantaged and can just like suck out. So somebody might not be very strong but really fast so right. they can fight through the carry but let's sprint off and so you don't want to create a balance that is too run run heavy or too biased towards runners or it's not too biased towards strong people. How do you achieve that balance, George? Yeah, you have to try and avoid a situation where the guy who isn't a 15-minute 5K guy just doesn't look at the event and says, I've got no chance, I'm not going. Right. Because the runners are going to win. You, and you, the same thing, you want to avoid it where the guy who can't deadlift 315 pounds just doesn't quit. and He, he thinks that he's got a chance. Right. So everyone looking at the event should look at the event and think that they have a chance because of their particular skill or set of skills. Right. The runners are going to look at it and they're going to think, man, my running is great. All I have to do is get over these obstacles and carry these things and I can win. The strong guys are going to look at it and say, well, my running isn't so great, 
but I but can these things are not heavy on these carries because <laughs> they don't feel that heavy for me. Right. And then the people who are agile and generally athletic are going to be like, hey, my running's average. I'm pretty strong, but I'm going to beat them on the obstacles. Right. So everyone starts out thinking that they have a pretty even chance of winning. Right. And that's my goal. My goal is to give everyone at least some kind of equal opportunity. It's not heavily biased towards the endurance athletes. It's not too heavily biased towards the strength athletes. Any general fitness guy can come and get some skills, the monkey bars, the rope, the rings, etc., over a little period and feel like they have a chance where they get to the line. So I try to set up a course that's going to be relatively balanced, but also I try to set a course for those individuals who don't even care about winning. Right? If I don't care about winning, I just want to go and have fun. Yeah. So I have to set up a course that is going to be challenging for me, but at the same time, I feel like I can go and swing around on these monkey bars, and they have to be they have to be enough of those things that I can get f- have fun because I know there's going to be bits of it that's going to be grueling. Yeah. So I endure the carries because I want to get to the play things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my goal. My goal is to have a course that's fun, it's well balanced, and it's going to be challenging enough for everybody involved because you you don't want to train for four months and then walk through a course. Yeah. Don't care how fit you are, how much you want to win. You don't want to train for four months and go through the course and be like, yeah, that was really easy. It still needs to feel challenging. But it's you never st- easy. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it, still, it still needs to feel challenging enough that you have that sense of achievement. And one of the things that one of the athletes said yesterday after the sim, um, and this was um, Danielle Gonzalez after oh, she I told, won. I told, she I told, won. I told you about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that happens every day. <laughs> but um, at the end of it, she said she felt so accomplished. Yeah. Because she had just gone through this course and, you know, she completed it. And at the end of it, she had that sense of accomplishment. And I think that's one of the things that you get from obstacle course racing that you don't necessarily get from just straight running events, unless you're at the, the, the very top of the sport, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a, your 10K weekend guy or your 5K weekend guy. They'll go out and they'll run every weekend. And most of the time, they just end up feeling fresher at the end of the race as opposed to running that much faster. And they would tell they their arm. It was tied to love for victories instead of, or I rendered this time or whatever. Exactly. Whereas with the obstacle course racing, as Danielle would have mentioned, that's completing the course. Yes. It's, it's such an accomplishment. You don't even care how fast you did it or anything. It's just kudos to you. And everybody it. who finishes feels like that. Yeah. Everybody who finishes <clears throat> the event feels like that. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned there, when we were talking about the design of the course, etc. Another thing I've heard you mentioning would be that you don't want anybody to come and you want the person that can run a clean course who can put together a, a solid race in all three aspects, which should be running, carrying, and obstacles. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when the sport was very new to the island, I mean, it's still very new to the island, but yeah. when we were at our first event, we needed participation. And we needed particip- participation to continue to grow. So we can That's where you came in, David. Exactly. So you don't want to set a course that you know, but no one in Barbados has ever seen obstacle course racing before, so you come out there with gibbons and all these yeah, yeah, bars yeah. and these really complicated obstacles and no one can finish because yeah. nobody would ever come back. So would, no you, one would feel accomplished. Like, nobody would feel accomplished <laughs> and nobody would ever come back. So you have to, like, make it just within people's reach. Yeah. And as they improve with the sport, you make it more and more challenging until we get to the point where our race looks just like any obstacle course race you'd see anywhere in the world. And honestly, I think that we're very close to that already right. just because... You know, there's only two events on the island, and those people who are involved in the, in the sport are very involved in it. So they're watching YouTube videos on how to do this movement. And, and each training session, they're coming, and they're getting better and better. So I think by the end of 2021, we're going to be, you know, we're going to have a, an event that is challenging for elite mm-hmm. obstacle course racing athletes, but at the same time still accessible and fun 
for your average fitness participant who just wants to go out there and, and have a good time. Individual fitness versus whole team fitness. Now, this is a whole other aspect. So we already talked about individuals, almost for the individual race, putting together uh, a complete package for themselves. But now you have to get a team. Right. We have four individuals who are pretty much on the same level. You don't want somebody who is super elite running with uh, three people who are just average or because he's going to feel, he or she's going to feel kept back or he may not be able to know how to gauge, right? Right. So that's what happened Balance. when David did bar the first time. David right. was a super elite athlete on his team. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right. And the other three, <laughs> the other three listen, people, listen. three slouches. Listen, what, what it, what, I'll, I'll tell you what was so good about that race was I did have two very, three very good athletes. Mm. And they came back. They helped me. Okay. Um, which... In, in my mind, you're, so you're absolutely right. If the three of you, or four of you aren't the same caliber, one's going to hold the other three back, or one's going to, because you've got to finish together. You've got to finish together, correct. You've got to hit the obstacles together. But you see, the individual race, which is what we're doing here, yeah. this is what people can compete in and then get to internationally. Correct, it? yes. Like, the team is unique to here. No, it's not unique to Barbados, but our team format is unique. So right. even at the OCR World Championships, for example, you go there and there's an individual event, and they usually have a team event as well. Yeah. But the team event has always kind of been as like an aside. Right. It wasn't the main focus of the World Championships, whereas it bar evolved from a, being a team event, and then we added the singles. Right. Yeah, so like, like you were saying, like, I, I think that I've seen a couple teams where each person wasn't at the same level as everyone else. Right. I've seen teams where there were maybe three people who were very good and there was one person who was good but not quite as good as them. Yeah. And I've actually seen that team be successful based on strategy. their particular strategy. Right. But I still think that overall, the best approach is to have four athletes who are more or less the same level as far as cardiovascular fitness is concerned and then have you know one or two who's a little bit stronger, one or two who's a little bit more skilled with the obstacles, etc but more or less moving as a unit throughout the course. Yeah. Um, That's a fair statement. I mean, it's you got to all end up at the each obstacle at the same time, yeah, yeah. and you're not going to get a 90-pound or a 100-pound uh, lady doing the carries right. like you would a bigger person. Right. <laughs> I, I, you know, but I think, uh, I think the team is, is, is wonderful. I, I mean, I, 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 as I said, I was in it. I enjoy watching it, and um, but I think the individual because it's the individuals a shorter course as I recall. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it, it's almost a little more. Um, I'm putting a plug in for the yeah, yeah. the race that I'm uh, <laughs> sponsoring. <laughs> um, it, it's a little more spectator friendly. It is, and and I think also from from a, from my perspective as a race director, I like the individual event because that's where we're going to see the most last-minute entries. Right. Right. So, for example, with, with about a month out or so, you know, most people have chosen their teams. By now. There's still a few people looking for teams, and if, you, if you're still looking for a team, go to Barbados Adventure Race Team Finder on, on Facebook, Facebook and, and ask for what you need, whether you need one female or a male or whatever. But most of the time, like two, two, three weeks out, most people have solidified their teams. They're training together. They're getting to know the chemistry of each other and figure out who's going to be good at what and start to strategize. Yeah. Now, I might be a guy who is relatively fit, 
I've been kind of hearing about this bar thing, but maybe I was a little distracted with work or doing something else. Yeah. And just two weeks out from bar, now my schedule's cleared and I want to do the event. It's much easier for me to just jump into the singles than it is for me to now go find a team, get people yeah. together, start working on strategy. So I think those last minute people, those, those guys who haven't got the time commitment to train with three other people three or four times a week. Right. It, it those, does stay on that coordination. Yeah, yeah it? exactly. And, all, and also just... There's some, there's some individuals who are like, you know what, if I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fail, I don't want to let anybody down. Mm -hmm. And there's other guy, if I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win, I don't want anybody holding me back from winning. So, you right, know, right, right. It, really, it really depends on your particular psyche. There's, there's individuals who will do both events. Mm -hmm. They'll go out there and they'll do the singles event in the morning, the Amorony Trust and Fund singles, to try and push as hard as they can. And then they'll come back in the afternoon and do the team event with people they like. Yeah, just have fun. Have that kind of social interaction and the camaraderie and the team building um, that is associated with Barbados Adventure Race, for sure. You're not doing the individual one? I believe I am doing both of them, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think, think Saul's got a good chance of, of being on or about that podium this year from, from the progress we've seen. Charming Just because he's, uh, <laughs> he's hosting the show. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, man. <laughs> so, um, how can we, we, we understand how the three of them helped David in the first bar, but how can we help David and the Amaruni Trust now? Um, any other stuff with the individuals? Well, not helping you directly, but... No, not helping me at all. No one in But it will, it will help the three, I'll call them recipient um, uh, found, um, charities. Um, what, what would be really good is to, as you talked about on social media... Mm -hmm posting uh, with mentioning the race, right. mentioning the cause you want to What's support. What's the hashtag again? Quickly, Joe. The hashtag is race for a cause. Race for a cause. Hashtag yeah. race for a cause. Race for a cause. So uh, getting involved in doing that because we'll, we'll pay the charity a certain amount of money for every posting. Nice. Um, and getting your group, if you've got a training group, yeah. if uh, they can raise some money and post and get involved, we'll match those teams up to, I think it's $2,000. dollars yeah. um, So how people can get involved is, as I say, we're, we're going to match. Register for the race. That's register the first, for the first, race. first, the first thing race. you do is to register. Right. Second thing you do is, you can do, is participate. Right. Yeah. Participate by saying, okay, Amaroni's going to donate some money to this. Maybe I'll donate. I'll, right. you know, I'll donate as well. Mm -hmm. um, be gratefully accepted. The, uh, I'm, I'm presuming, and I, I believe, that the three recipient uh, charities will be on the festival grounds. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I'm sure... And the third thing you can do is, even if you aren't a registrant, you come out and you can participate by... Volunteering by uh, getting going, or just part of this is really like the first time you do anything, as George knows, is you're trying to get awareness. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to get awareness that we can use this venue, and I think it's a great venue. Obviously, so does the race director. Right. <laughs> um, but I think it's a great venue to to get people involved, mm -hmm. and if people get involved and get engaged going to support good causes and we need to support those causes and it's very important as well that we mentioned that it's not only the top three athletes that you will be you'll be donating to their causes 
No, it's uh, we're we're doing the we're going to match their winnings for the first, second, and third, which I believe. And I don't want to speak out of turn here. Make but sure you get this number right. Get his numbers right there. <laughs> thousand, so close to guys. A <laughs> thousand for first, seven fifty for second, and five hundred for third. Whew. <laughs> That's well, hold right. on, I'm matching it. So, <laughs> so we will match that to the charity that that oh the person who wins when you register you pick a charity. Pick a charity. There's yeah. the three of them. Right. So and you know it doesn't matter. You can pick whichever one you want. Then we will match your winnings and give that to the charity. Mm -hmm. Then from four through ten, mm -hmm. will everybody who uh, everybody who registers picks a charity. We'll give two hundred and fifty dollars for right. each of those participants. Right. So we're not just picking the winners; we're picking participants. Because uh, anyway, it just felt like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's what people can do is just to get involved to help. Well, I would like people to participate I'd like people to donate uh, if they can mm -hmm. either time or money right. and I'd like them to become aware of what these three charities do yeah and the causes that they have I mean heart and stroke diabetes and substance abuse I can't think of three better charities to be trying to assist Definitely with regards to um, the prevalence of all the three of them in Barbados, stroke, drug abuse, and, uh, and diabetes. Now, George, what we have here, right, um, it just crossed my mind, is when we have the two events, right? Um, I said people are competing in both the individual and the team. Uh, you have a, a 3K race, a 6K race, and then the next day, a 9K race. Nine closer to ten. Yeah. Closer to ten. Yeah. So um, that's three times the amount of distance that you would have been training for in the individual. Right. It always come and attacks your brain on a training, right. etc. We already spoke a bit about the rest period between day one and day twenty. Rest period between the individual and the first team, but training up to be able to be competitive over that vast amount of distance from 3k to 9k it calls for different skill sets 3k is a sprint 9k is an endurance almost right. 10k how, how, how does one tackle that yeah i think 3k is it ends up being a series of sprints as opposed to being a sprint yeah so you know technically if, if we were to like go from an exercise physiology point of view by the time you get to 90 seconds worth of work two minutes for most people then you're in the aerobic zone. Right. And, and anything after that is kind of more cardiovascular bias. Even a 400 meters, for example, which you think of as a, an aerobic event. Mm -hmm. Anaerobic meaning? Meaning no, it, without any oxygen. More, right. you know, the contribution from oxygen and anaerobic sources mm -hmm. are about even, for even something as short as a 400 meter run. Right, right, right. So the 3K is an endurance event, so is the 10K. So you would want to train for the 10K, your base running, your longer training, you know, your steady state runs. And then you'd want to include some interval training for the 3K event. Right. Because it's 3K, it's over 3K, but there's never more than four or 500 meters worth of distance at a time. Yeah. So depending on how obstacle proficient you, you are, and we've heard um, last year's female champion, Amaris, comment that she recovers on the obstacles. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So she basically sprints yeah. to the obstacles and then recovers through the obstacle. So she's basically doing a series of 400 or 500 meter sprints. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I would look at doing. I would look at building my cardiovascular base with longer runs. And then I look at building my speed and my 
anaerobic threshold by doing these shorter sprints with recovery in between them. Recovery on the obstacles. Recovery on the obstacles, okay. yeah. Well, and, and that's funny because that's one of the things that I, I try to coach against. Right. I try to coach against getting to an obstacle and then standing around, catching your breath. But that's not what Amherst does. Amherst, is, Amherst her, her transitions are very good as well. And that's why right. she was a champion last year by quite a considerable amount. Yeah. She doesn't stop when she gets there. And when she gets on them, she just keeps going. And it's just a lighter work for her because she's so proficient at them. So, yeah. Right. So if you're out there training and you want to train this aspect of the race, that might be something you might want to do. Sprint hard. Do something else. Sprint hard. Do something else. As I, as I said, I, I I watched last year both the team and the individual. The individual you can see almost every every obstacle uh, by not moving around. Right. Team as a spectator, you got to move. Got to move around. Yeah. So on the last thing, I'm going to ask you um, on today's podcast. So you don't have to answer. Yes, I'm um, coming in from the. Hearing the whispers on the bar, Troy man, other participants says, "What was this obstacle, George, bringing that he keep telling oh. you?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've designed a, an obstacle that I think is going to be as visually impactful as the as the slick wall was last year. Right. For those of you who came to Peg, you would have seen the slick wall with the four foot wall in front of it, and that generated so much interest. I thought, well, how am I going to top that? And um, so I think we have something coming out. <laughs> Um, nobody, yeah. nobody knows about this obstacle. When I say nobody, no, nobody except the guy who's building it and designing it. Oh, is he coming along with it? No. Yeah, he he, he was going to have it ready for the pop up this weekend. I said no. I was like, just hold it back for a while. <laughs> Let's see if they can uh, figure it out on the day. But it will be uh, something to look forward to for sure. So if you're not competing, still come out and watch because this one is going to be incredible. Okay, David, I'm going to let you have the last word here. Yeah. Well, I, I all I. All I can ask is that, uh, you know, we, people come out, participate by any way they can, donate any way they can, and uh, be inspired by the day. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend, and um, we hope that the, uh, the charities that we've mentioned a few times, the three charities, mm -hmm. are recipients of uh, the largesse of the community. Hey guys, well, thank you for listening to the fittest and fastest uh, podcast in Barbados, the Barcast. Another episode. I want to thank uh, David uh, Summerick. Summerick. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, for joining us. And thank you for your contributions uh, on the Amaroni Trust for. So, and, and good luck. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Keep listening now because we're going to continue to tackle George and see if we could get any information on what's coming. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you all guys at the pop up workouts. <laughs>